Welcome to Chucking a Sickie. This week, I can't go to work because I've actually been called for jury duty and have uh, the pretty terrifying task of deciding whether to sentence an inner city teen to death, which, I'm gonna be honest, didn't realize was still legal here. Don't think it is, uh, but that's why I can't come to work today. I'm your host, Harry. And each episode of Chucking a Sickie, we invite a very special guest and go through their perfect day off. From the excuse they use to get off work, to the song that sets the tone for the day, their favourite meal, and of course, their adventurous afternoon. A real-life Ferris Bueller's day off. We have a lot of exciting episodes coming up from Aussie comedy superstars, to bands, playwrights, actors, and hell, maybe even a doubtful juror who is really quite convincing. But this week, we have the incredible Irvi Majumdar. Irvi is a Melbourne-based comedian who first hit the comedy scene in the Raw Comedy State Finals 2018 and 2019. Irvi debuted at the Adelaide Fringe just last year and has been on the up and up and up and up. You may have seen her on the big old television screen as Gwen Albright in Metrosexual. She also was in Fisk and even on Gourmet Lazy with her mum. Irvi will be at the Melbourne Comedy Festival from the 30th of March, which is very soon, to the 2nd of April and the Sydney Comedy Festival from the 4th to the 7th of May. So get your tickets to this show. She is great. Links to the shows are all in the descriptions below. But for now, pull out the thermometer and get ready to call your boss because it's time for Chuckin' a Sickie. <coughs> Welcome, Irvi Majumda, to Chuckin' a Sickie. We're so excited to have you as a guest. Thank you so much, Harry. I'm really excited to be here. Now, as, as you well know, the start of every podcast, we have to talk about the worst job that you've ever had. So for you, obviously, you know, you're an English teacher, you teach literature, um, you work at Footscray Community Arts Centre at the moment, um, you've done a, bu- a bunch of acting, obviously a lot of stand-up. For you, what has been your worst job that you've ever had? Okay, yeah, well, there's been a few. I feel like luckily none of the ones that I do now are the worst ones, which is good. <laughs> um, and teaching was pretty fun as well. So I used to be a teacher, but um, that definitely wasn't the worst ones. My worst ones were probably from my uni days, um, like okay. a lot of people, I imagine. Um, and actually one where I was in high school where I worked at Faster Pasta. Um, what, what is Faster Pasta? <laughs> I think it's out of business now, but the running joke was always like that they cook their stuff too fast because stuff would always just be like frozen or like um, not great. Sorry if you're yeah. listening, anyone that um, worked there or was working with me, but it was. I, I think it is out of business now. Yeah, I feel like if COVID didn't kill them, uh, I, probably their undercooked food yeah. would have, in the age of the Karen, I feel like it would have been pretty terrifying. Yeah, I think they were gone before COVID even, so that says a little yeah. bit about them. Um, but yeah, Faster Pasta was pretty bad. Um, and I worked there when I was in high school, so I just did one shift a week because my parents were strict and um, wanted me to study instead of doing a part-time job. With the heights of faster pasta, you know, I can un- <laughs> I can understand where your parents are coming from. Yeah, they're like, do you want to work here for the rest of your life? I'm like, definitely not. So um, <laughs> I did I didn't work there too much, but um, yeah, it just sucked. I was told I'm a really bad waitress, so um, people oh, okay. tell me to smile all the time. Like they'd just be like. Um, I think I just get told to smile and like be happy, which is hard for me. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the feedback you got? Like you'd serve a pasta dish. Uh, was it yeah. table service? Yeah, it was table service, and um, it was kind of like you had to. I think the man. It's like one of those jobs where the manager takes it like super seriously, and um, no one else does. Um, but yeah, it would be like you know, be really effective. Go go over the table, smile, and um, give them their food. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just think I was like an emo teen, so um, it didn't come <laughs> Not naturally. your vibe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, we'll touch on this really quickly. Your first solo show was um, all about going to an all-girls school. So yeah. as a teenager, you had that emo stance, you're working in pasta, <laughs> faster pasta. Did you ever like wag school or, or you know get chuck a sickie to go to school? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I was like so I was like a massive nerd until probably year eleven. Um, okay. And I went to a really strict like academic all girls school. I'm pretty sure they have a few in Sydney as well, like selective. Oh, we've got schools. a couple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was actually really like I really enjoyed my time there. Except um, you know, in year eleven and twelve, I just was like you know what's a well I studied philosophy and I was like you know what is the point of <laughs> Um, authoritative education. Um, yeah, really got into your Nietzsche element. Yeah, I loved him. <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing to admit now, but um, yeah, I I used to. I remember um, the one that I used to. So I used to really want to be an actor when I was in high school, um, and I wrote. I took. I found this book in the library called The Power of the Actor by Ivana Chabak. Um, okay. I don't know if you know it, but um, pretty Never much it's like it. it's like <laughs> it's like a twelve-step. Um, process to really like digging deep into your character and you're meant to like use all of your inner pain um and bring that out which i don't think is like the healthiest way now reflecting back (laughs) very Um, method acting lewis-esque exactly it was like you know write out all your emotions and like the time you were hurt most in your whole life um (laughs) and you were like probably faster faster yeah literally i was like i need more depth um but yeah yeah, i wanted to be an actor and I, i thought that i'd just like take uh, on a day that I had lots of like maths and science subjects I was like I don't need this um I'm gonna take the day off and go to like there was like a local cinema in my house um that did like it was like six dollar movies or something oh great deal yeah and I was like I'll take notes in the movies to like train to be an actor instead of um doing my maths and science classes yeah. um and I wrote out the book by hand which because I had oh no money <laughs> yeah you, yeah you really committed to it well I would say that it's worked because you've been in you know a few television Thank series you. obviously you know Fisk most recently and yeah. Metrosexual as as the secretary there as yeah, well they did were you good. use any of the things from the books in in those roles actually no so I didn't <laughs> um I am kind of low-key glad that I didn't go because I pretty much just wanted to like leave school do acting full-time and just um try and like you know study it a lot um which yeah. I like respect people that do that but yeah it's, I'm glad that kind of comedy led me into acting without um me having to become like fully emo for life so yeah (laughs) and really embrace that (laughs) yeah so I I wagged school that day um but I ended up watching it was like a double bill of like um the boy in striped pajamas and oh god uh, the reader with Kate Winslet yeah not very uplifting uh, films at all no they were um both about Nazis so (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah it was like a pretty depressing day and I think there's some things that maybe you shouldn't be method acting. And I feel no. like Nazis probably at the top. Yeah, leave that for um, <laughs> the politicians. But yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's true. Uh, with, with the, I mean, obviously a, a stand-up comedian, but you've done a bit of acting as well. With those roles, how was that for you? Because I know Geraldine um, is, is one of your inspirations that you've said before yeah. how was that working with someone that I mean you look up to in the comedy scene yeah it was really great and I think um with comedy it's a funny kind of world because I think you just you feel like you really suck at it and you do pretty like legitimately suck at it for um <laughs> probably the first couple of years um yeah. so they're pretty lonely times but I think it's literally I think the more I do it the more I learn that um 
the people who end up sticking with it are just, it's like pretty much, it doesn't actually matter how like talented and stuff you are. It's just about like how long you do it um, okay. for some people, yeah. I think. Um, so I think the more that I was, I was doing like a lot of open mics and everything at the start um, and I came and I think that gave me good exposure. So it kind of helped, um, like Geraldine, I think recommended me for the show. Or, um, you kind of like get gigs by people recommending you. Um, yeah. which seems, I guess, in, on one hand, it can seem unfair sometimes, but I think on the other hand, it's just because you've been out there like doing, like I did a lot of, I've done so many open mics in my life um, yeah. that, yeah, you kind of like get, um, you get to meet a few different people. And um, yeah, I was just really grateful that she did recommend me and um, that I got to audition for it. Yeah, and I've, I've watched a little bit of the show. It's, it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. And, um, it, it seems like it's just it's on the up and up you're obviously the secretary which just seems awesome and obviously you were a willennial in fisk as well uh, mm. <laughs> which is with kitty flanagan which is a phenomenal show as well i've heard that quite a bit of that show is ad lib for you when you were doing yours um were you still ad lib a bit because you were acting as like a cool millennial that wanted to do a video will <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think um that was a really great process as well i got asked to audition for it and um reading and like you know doing auditions there's like a lot of pretty terrible scripts out there and um you do you know you like try and um make it quirky or whatever but with this script um right from the start it made me laugh and um I didn't feel like I had to do too much to like make it fun for myself like I just kind of did what I um just felt like natural to me um so yeah that was really great and then um, from the time that um, I got the role to when we actually filmed it, they changed the script around. And like, you know, I think you always, I think if they film the whole thing, it's too long. So they cut bits and stuff. Um, mm. But yeah, pretty much Kitty was a really great person to work with. She will, like the way that they, her and Tom, who is the director, um, work that you'll just like, you'll do the scene and then um, she'll give you a chance to like, you know, add bits or say something. So there was a bit at the start of um, Marina's in the um, cafe and at the start and, I, and she's like speaking to her fans on her phone. And because I'm like low key into like pop horoscopes and like that whole yeah. spirituality <laughs> stuff. Um, I just said a few things about like, you know, the new moon being in Sagittarius or some, some <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and Same they kept sincere. that in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you get a chance to kind of like add your own bits, which is um, pretty precious as well. Yeah. It must be really validating as well. You're like, you know, actually, yeah, I am. I'm really funny. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I am Marina. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. She, she, I think she, they're always after rather than um, having an idea for, a, I mean, they have a strong idea for the character, but then they also want you to bring yourself into the role, which is um, a really great kind of way to work. Yeah, I feel like with every comedian I've spoken to as well, it seems like the open mic grind is just so hard and you're doing so many shows. And obviously you were a, a raw finalist in 2018, 2019, did, <laughs> yeah. did, did a solo show in Melbourne, you're doing your first show in Sydney. Um, at what point for you were you like, actually, I think I could do this like for my life? Um, it's a good question because I never, when I was in school, um, I was like naturally more attracted to the, when I did, I, I did theater and all of that, but I really like, I guess, emotional, deep and more dramatic characters. Um, and it was always like a personal challenge for me to try a like comedic scene. Cause I was like scared of doing that. Um, and then I went and then I used to write poetry in uni and went through like a breakup um, straight after uni and then was just like sick of crying all the time um, by myself. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I kind of just um, did like, there was like a writing course by by a studio called Verve Studios. Um, And I got to do like a weekend course where you kind of write sketch and write stand up and stuff. Um, And from there they suggested that, yeah, you can do open mics. So I kind of just gave it a go because I wanted more confidence. And it wasn't really about, I never thought like being a stand up was like a job you could do. 
Yeah. Yeah, so I think in a way that kind of helped me because I wasn't ever like, I guess I just went in with no expectations and like um, then when you have that um, and any gig that you get paid for and stuff is just kind of like a bonus. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Yeah, so it's kind of led led to different opportunities, but it's not... um, it's not something that I had like I I never had like I need to be famous from this or anything like that um, yeah, as a goal. Yeah, just something you enjoyed. Yeah, it's funny as well. I like the mentality that you had. You're like I don't want to cry anymore. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. just gonna laugh. That sounds way more fun. Yeah, well, I really liked. I started um, watching a lot of like female stand-ups on YouTube, and I've just liked the I guess the form of it of just being able to like make fun of yourself and make fun of the situation that you're in. Um, it felt kind of empowering and yeah, more fun generally than crying and writing poems <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. So look, we're talking about your worst job, your faster, faster pasta. Um, yeah. Did you ever try and call in sick from there to watch movies and take notes? <laughs> <laughs> um, faster pasta, um, I didn't as much. I, was, I actually started working at a, a, like a rival pasta place in um, Glen Waverley. Oh. And I remember when I got like the same shifts on the same night, um, I'd have to like lie to one or the other to just say that I like couldn't do it. Oh, um, no. I know, and then my parents were just like my parents were just really intense when I was growing up. So then my dad went and like pretty much quit for me from <laughs> one of these places. I mean, that's what you want, right? Like, because I know that your family is from India, so I feel like yeah. ethnic parents. Like my parents are also ethnic. They uh, helicopter probably isn't the right word, uh, but very involved in in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say like more like straight jacket, yeah. um, just like <laughs> yeah, they're very involved and I, and they, and like now that I'm older, I can um, see like the worth in that and that it was kind of cute. But um, I feel like you need to like go to therapy and get through that um, yeah. as an adult. So when you moved to the rival company, was there any you know ill feelings with Faster Pasta? Um, I actually I quit. My dad quit the um, other place for me. I, can't, I honestly can't even remember the name. I feel like I did a couple of shifts yeah, there. Yeah, that was it. Um, but yeah, I went to. I don't know if we're allowed, allowed to say like brand names and stuff. I guess we already have with Faster Pasta. Yeah, it's fine. But I used to work at Bras and Things, which actually was probably my other worst job. Okay. Do you know Bras and I, Things? I've heard of it. I've never bought yeah. anything from there myself. <laughs> but the the title is um, hilarious because it's just like Bras and then and and it's just like an n and then it's like bras and, bras things. and things what are the yeah. things that they sell that aren't bras um it's pretty much just like you know you could buy like um stuff uh, like boob tape um okay the like important things undies yeah. yeah like little like whips and stuff but it's not it's like it was a very um tame it's yeah. like you know it's not like a full-on like um sex toy store or anything it was just kind of like a tame the version pg-13 of version of it yeah okay. that was an intense job because it was in chadston in melbourne yeah. which is like the fashion capital um which i'm i'm being ironic to fill in your listeners <laughs> um, <laughs> um it's not my temple or anything um but yeah it's a fashion capital and um it was like high stakes like you know you had to I just wanted to work there over the summer and um, I, it kind of felt like this like cult where you had to be very um, like very uh, strict. Uh, they were basically you had to like greet every customer yeah. um, around Christmas time. You had to dress up as like sexy Santa oh, um, <laughs> and then like use, they were like, they were very openly just like, oh, just use your body to like sell products. Like if, um, okay, not shy if, about it. No, if a guy comes in asking like to buy stuff for the, his girlfriend, um, just use your own boobs to be like, is she like my size or bigger <laughs> or less? And, um, Do you think they still yeah, use that today? That. Um, I hope not, but I wouldn't put a past them. Yeah. I, I, I mean, who knows? If you work at Bras and Things, come to my show anyway. Um, I think <laughs> you can relate. But yeah, yeah um, it was it was fun in its own way, I guess, because it's like a bit of like 
I don't know, like retail when it tries to take itself too seriously is can be funny. Yeah, I feel like there's a couple of those places that they're really into like the cult nature of what they're selling. Uh, and if you work yeah. there, like you really know, like I, I've never worked in one myself, but I feel like when you walk into those type of stores, it really clicks. You're like, oh no, this is a cult, 100%. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and they're selling like baby's shoes. Yes, literally, this literally is a cult. Yeah, so um, yeah, I think I'm trying to remember stuff that I've done to get out of there. I feel like the classic is just like being hungover and needing to not go in. Yeah, but always. I feel like I've always been just like this annoying, it's like, just take a sick day, but I'll always be like, no, I can do it and go in and no sleep and um, probably just be a really bad worker. Yeah. yeah, so I'm assuming you didn't last that long in bra and things. No, I got fired, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, they ran out of shifts and um, and then I got my other job, which I actually loved at Pumpkin Patch, complete opposite. Way, way less of a cult. <laughs> yes, it was actually like, yeah, it was run by this like Greek matriarch um, and I actually loved working there because it was just like all these mums and I just felt like I fit in even though I'm not a mum. Yeah, but it's also way better than like a man coming in and you just having to fill yourself up so that he can <laughs> yeah. buy things for his partner. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Well, look, let's pretend you're still at Faster, faster Pasta. Uh, I'm going to call up as your boss and you've got to try and give an excuse to get out of work today and we'll see if it goes well. Uh, give you a bit of a hint. It always goes well. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna call you up and well, I guess you'd be calling me actually because you're trying to get out yeah. of work. So I'll let, you, I'll let you call me. You can make up my name as well. And he's a really angry man. I'm okay, just good context, good context. The character. Yep. Okay, so... Um, ring, 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 ring. Yes. Uh, hi, um, it's Ovi speaking. <coughs> um, I'm like really sorry, but I, I really wanted to be there tonight, but I think I'm going to have to stay home because I've got, um, a flu and really intense diarrhea. <laughs> um, so what time will you come in? I can't come in. Oh, uh, well, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty angry right now. Uh, what will the faster pasta like family do we're going to go out of business if you don't come in well I think I don't I don't really know if that's up to me but um I I don't know I just feel like I, I can't come in today and I I'm really sorry but I just I need this time look I, to go to the toilet <laughs> I'm gonna I don't want to get into that so I'm gonna let you go to the toilet but you better be in tomorrow because otherwise I'm pretty sure in five to ten years we're gonna be out of business yeah I think it's gonna happen anyway bye <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're out. You've gotten the day off. You've managed to convince yeah. your angry boss. The first thing that you need to do is, because it's not a big night, it's a big day, Baraka performance. They're not sponsoring the segment yet, but they will at some point. What <laughs> is your Baraka performance song to pump you up for the day? Okay, so this is um, kind of related to my show as well, because um, as inspiration, I love um, like 2000 movie, 2000s movies where like the, it's like the main character having like these pump up songs. Yeah. And there's actually a Spotify playlist called Main Character Getting Ready in the 2000s. <laughs> I, okay, you've got to tell me what, give me a couple of those songs because I'm excited. Okay, so lots of Hilary Duff, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, yeah, So Yesterday oh, yeah, um, was bang a good up. one. Um, Kelly Clarkson, favourite album, Breakaway. Yeah. <laughs> um, you also have um, Perfect, there's a song called Perfect Day um, by, oh, I forget who it's by, but it's pretty, it's like, it's a perfect day, nothing's going to Yeah, I know that too. That always gets me right up out of bed and um, getting ready for sure. So you reckon, is that your pick for today? Yeah. So you don't perfect know. Perfect day. I think it's Hoku. Hoku. Are you a big fan of Hoku or is it just perfect no, day? No, I just know that one song. How did, how did you stumble across this playlist? Um, so me and my friends run a, um, a comedy room in Melbourne called Deathbed. 
Um, and it's kind of based on that like teenage girl self. Um, we make all the acts say a secret before they get before they start their sets. Oh, I love um, that. <laughs> yeah, and we found this um, we found this Spotify playlist called um, yeah um, called main character getting ready for two thousands. Yeah, movie. that's that's great. So can I ask? I don't know if you're allowed to say because obviously we're not at uh, the the comedy night tonight. But can what are one of the secrets that you you told at the at the night? Um, good question. Oh, there's like so many, um, probably <laughs> stuff that I've like done to my sister. <laughs> um, that's always funny. I feel like, do you have siblings? I do. I've got a couple of them. Oh uh, yeah. Were you mean to them when you were growing up? Uh, look, I think it's all up to interpretation. I wouldn't say I was mean. I would say I was playful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oldest child. Yeah. I'm the oldest child yourself. Uh, yeah. Oldest are always the most evil. Yeah. I'm, I'm older as well, but, yeah, um, we really are yeah. conniving. I know. It's, I feel like we have to be because we always like learn the truths about the world first. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so just things like she's like a really sweet um, angel and I've been pretty mean to I've like, um, you know, I'd get like packets of chewing gum and back in the day like hubba bubba and like extra and stuff. They all had, it was like seven, seven was in an extra packet and five hubba bubbas in a hubba bubba packet. Yeah. Um, and I tell my sister that there was only four and um, then we'd like divide that equally and then I'd have like the Wow, me, me and you ideas of cunning, very different. I accidentally push, push my uh, brother off a bunk bed. Uh, so I feel <laughs> like, you know, bad things happen. No, that's so true. One time we were in Bunnings because my parents used to go there every week and um, we were in front of the security cameras and then I like fully dacked my sister. Um, <laughs> oh my, okay, that's that's the level we're talking about. That was about. funny. <laughs> yeah, that was good times. But, you know, it's like creates memories for the family. Yeah, it really does. I do like how like your family is like every every weekend was a Bunnings weekend because I feel like that mm. is just the most Australiana thing that you can do. Like <laughs> go to Bunnings on the weekend, see what freebies they've got, go down every single aisle. Yes, my dad was obsessed and also Ikea. Um so we spent, I feel like most of my memories are like in this fake, um, you know, how like Ikea have those like <laughs> fake bedrooms set up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've had fights there. We've had good memories. It was just like living in it. Um, but my parents are like pretty cheap. So they'd always go to like, it's like you do the whole normal store. And then at the end, it's like the bits and pieces that have like a bit broken. Yeah, yeah. And that's where we got most of our stuff. Yeah, they have that in supermarkets now, like the um, unperfect or imperfect food that you can get like just yeah. bags of like ugly looking apples. They taste great. I know, exactly. If you can get a good, it's like if you need a lot of something like celery and stuff, it's like I hate buying um, so much of it that you never use all of it. Yeah, definitely. So it's kind of good to just have it. It's a great deal. Now, you did mention the early noughties films. I've got to ask for you, if there was a film that you would want to be in from the early noughties, I feel like it's got to be based on the playlist. What film would you want to be the lead role in? Um, there's so many, like, um, I loved, uh, Freaky Friday oh, where they do like the yeah. swap. Yeah. Anything with Lohan. a character swap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I reckon that movie I've probably seen at least 10 to 20 times. Minimum. Oh my God. It's so good. Yeah. It's, um, it's a great movie. Um, loved, it's not early noughties, but like Clueless in the nineties. Yeah. Clueless um, is great as well. Legally Blonde. Um, I had, so representation on screen, there wasn't any when I was growing up. Um, no, all so those movies are very, uh, very non-representative. Yeah, but um, Bandit Like Beckham was always like oh, yeah. my one save. I was like, <laughs> no, I can't be an actor because Bandit Like Beckham exists. Yeah, I look back at the early naughty films and besides Bandit Like Beckham, I don't know if I could think of another one that had diversity in that way pretty much at all. No, literally none. I feel like you, yeah, that was like the one thing I had and that was, it was my one hope and it was also, you know, like my parents or their friends um, being like, there's literally one film, like it's not a viable career option for you. <laughs> um, whereas now you've, you know, like ne Never Have I Ever by um, with Mindy Kaling's cast is amazing. So 
yeah, we've got a lot um, more now, which is great. Yeah, which is definitely great to see. Look, it's very exciting. So you, you've got your pump up song, which is Perfect Day. Hoku, you've never seen them. You just like that one song, but we'll take it. And yes, let's do it. After that, you're a bit peckish. You know, you've got to have a meal. So where would you go uh, locally? It could be at home. It could be at a restaurant for, you know, your perfect meal and a day off. Yes, awesome. I like to have a lot of meals. So I think um, I'd start off with like an entree at um, a place called Advia, which is near where I live. Okay, what, what type of cuisine are they? So it's kind of more like Mediterranean, um, I guess, like uh, like lots of falafels, um, dips, and just like, I guess, meat platters and also veggies just um, with like pita bread. Yeah. So I love, it's super yummy. That's just the entree. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that is a That's great entree. entree. Now, the important question with Mediterranean cuisine, obviously a lot of variety of dips. For you, what is supreme dip? Uh, out of out of the Mediterranean sphere. Yeah, I love. This is a great question. I love baba ganoush. Yeah. Um, Good answer. Great dip, and um, in India they actually make. I guess there's. I feel like every great culture has like some sort of um, eggplant dip because in India often you would get like a whole eggplant and then you like um, burn it on the stove like with the f- flames and then mix like chili and. Um, onion and stuff like in, into a mash yeah. so it's pretty much similar oh delicious um, and, and yeah. the baba ganoush there good standard bad standard like what are we talking terrible no i'm joking <laughs> I mean, it's amazing yeah they do a really good job well, um i reckon I'm, I'm more of a tum guy the garlic dip mm, i love that too terrible if you have friends around uh, or like a, <laughs> you know you're going on a date i wouldn't order it there but it's just so delicious it's so yum yeah. people that don't like garlic i don't know how to relate yeah to I, and that's why i don't understand <laughs> vampires at all right it just doesn't make sense to me how can you not enjoy garlic exactly or maybe they like yeah i feel like i'm pretty good with if the vampire is going to attack my house we always have like <laughs> maybe 50 cloves of garlic around yeah. so we're pretty protected well i actually did watch something that i wanted to bring up lazy gourmet where you're cooking with oh, your yes. mum at kitchery um, which looked delicious. Do you cook a lot as a family and do you cook a lot of, I guess, you know, Indian-based uh, recipes? My mum is amazing at cooking Indian food, but she'd cook like, she'd give us like the weirdest lunches and um, me and my sister would always end up like throwing them over the fence. Yeah, well, I mean... I, I get that 100%. So annoying. It's like literally now it's like changed so much. I think school lunches like at Footscray where I work, um, we have some really cool like kids programs and all the kids that come there are like really trendy and um, they just have like the most amazing lunches like um, dim sims yeah, and that's great. Um, all sorts of cultures and it's celebrated. Whereas, yeah, when we were growing up, probably it's like if you just brought, I remember like if my mum gave me anything Indian, I'd just like have to eat it in the toilets or something <laughs> out of fear. And hide away, yeah. <laughs> I'm Not like, hygienic. I get that um yeah look that, yeah. yeah my mom my mom cooked it's actually i think when i was in year 12 if i got um indian food i was able to like heat it up and stuff and it was fine but um the sandwiches like one time she made a sandwich which was um salami like hot salami <laughs> with cucumber on raisin bread oh my god uh, <laughs> like a, not that toasted. is a terrible combination it was freaking foul yeah. and that's why i had to throw it over the fence sorry mom. yeah well she thankfully she doesn't make your lunch anymore no. <laughs> um, okay, so we've got the entree at, at Via. Yeah. What would be next? Okay, so for the mains, I would go into the city and um, my favourite marinara pasta, that's like my favourite dish, I'm obsessed with seafood, um, I would have it at, oh my gosh, what's it called? It's um, on Spring Street in Melbourne, right in the city. Um, oh, the European. The European, okay. Yeah, the European, yeah, it's super yummy. 
So you get marinara from the European. Um, so you've got the Mediterranean, then the marinara <laughs> from the European. Yeah. I can only assume there's more courses to this meal. Yeah, well, then you have to have dessert. <laughs> Obviously. Um, and that's convenient because right next to that, right next to the European, there is this Spring Street grocer who have like a really yummy ice cream store as well. Okay, what flavour are you going for at the Spring Street grocer? ice cream store they do like a really delicious um pistachio flavor with cardamom ice cream with cut now that's an interesting combo yeah it's super yummy and i think it's just like there's like a um so my family's bengali from india and um they have like in bengali culture you get an ice cream which actually is like it's pretty much the same thing as like cardamom flavored ice cream yeah um and it's super i don't i know it probably sounds gross but it's actually really yum yeah I've spoken to someone about having like a sweet cardamom based dish and i think like yeah. i've never had it but everyone i've spoken to which is all of now two people seem to, to really <laughs> love it yeah it's um it's in a a lot of Indian desserts actually as well like they'll put like spice Indians put spices in everything yeah. but like you can have like a sweet kind of custard with those spices and it actually blends really well yeah I mean that sounds delicious it sounds like a big feed are you going for another like something after the ice cream or are you finishing off with the ice cream um I think I would finish off with the ice cream unless I wanted like a coffee or something but yeah. um depending on like my anxiety levels that day um, <laughs> I would just choose on that yeah very fair okay look it sounds like an incredible meal you're going all over Melbourne so the day is is going pretty well you've had a full meal now in the afternoon though you've got to have an activity like Ferris Bueller's day off you want to have something that's memorable we've had people have grand finals uh, that they got to watch in their backyard we've had people make knives with Nick Offerman for you what would be your perfect afternoon activity and who would you do it with that's a great question so I was thinking about that before and I would say so my character in Metrosexual Gwen is based off um, Aubrey Plaza's character in um, and Rec. Parks and Rec, yes. Yeah, I yeah. can see those I mean, elements. Like, totally, I tried not to watch it because you don't want to just like rip off the same person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love her and I feel like people, because I've got a monotone as well and like don't show that many emotions, um, people will sometimes compare me to her. <laughs> um, so I feel like doing, okay, so if you go from Spring Street ice cream store, like grocer, um, just go onto Swanston Street in Melbourne. There is like a really cool witch shop. A witch um, shop. Okay. Yeah. What do they sell at a like a legit witch shop? Like sorcery books? Um, yes, it's like literally like I'm in. I'm really into oh, it. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So in my show, I talk about a period um, of time where I was trying to be a working witch in um, year ten. Okay. To work on my looks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a story that I leave for people coming to the show. But um, anyone who's into witchcraft, pretty much, it's like. Um, very much like in Pen15 where they've tried... I don't know if you've seen that show. No, but I, I do know that you're a fan of the show. Yes. I've watched every episode five times, um, yeah. literally. <laughs> but yeah, they have like a... I think a lot of teenage girls can relate to like this. Um, it almost seems like uh, our ancestors or something because I feel like you hear about witches and um, I like to think that the ones of us who are cool, like not cooler, but just like a bit more curious about it, it kind of seems like this mystical figure where it's like, okay, so there were killed in the past but they have like these superpowers and like a way to kind of change the world through like something that's within your own powers yeah. um so there was legitimately a time in my life where I tried to be a witch um and find things like acorns and 
potions and stuff. Acorns um, for the recipes in your cauldron? Um, apparently they're in Wiccan. So there's like a whole religion, Wiccanism, um, which is like for witches. Yeah, and of course. in that religion, um, acorns are uh, lucky trees. Right. Um, so you kind of just, if you see one, you can make a wish or you can like <laughs> carry around acorns with you for good luck. Oh, this is awesome. So you'd go into the store. Do you have a cauldron at home? I don't have a cauldron, I wish, but um, I'm like very, I'm like one of those annoying people who are like not really like, I'm not like hardcore into anything, but I'm very like pop um, into spirituality, horoscopes, witchcraft, all of yeah. that. Um, yeah. Do you still do some witch practices nowadays or have you moved away from it a little bit? Um, so I don't do, it's not like um, super intentional, but I feel like I, I'm like going a little bit nuts because i um, I found so there's like more witch shops coming up and they all sell these like little crystal like crystal things and I think just um with the world ending and like everything that's going on that's apocalyptic you know that whole thing um it kind of is like one last thing and so I I don't know I was thinking of maybe writing a joke about this but I don't think it's like that funny um (laughs) good start good start about how like in the olden days I, I know that I'm like a privileged person now because privileged woman now because like I can carry around rocks in my pocket that are just like crystals that I'm like, this will bring me good luck or very silly. Um, Whereas in the past, you know, like there's that whole like thing about like women having to like carry around rocks into legs, which is like dark and sad. It's very dark. But that's, I feel like that's a star with a lot of your humor. Yeah. I saw with one of the interviews that you did as well with that, um, with some of the jokes that you do, like you may not know the punchline and you just, you see how the audience reacts and then just go off that. Yeah, I think, well, often you can, I feel like you'd always try and have a punchline, but sometimes it's like you'll just say it and like no one reacts. So you're like, okay, obviously that is not going to be my punchline for good now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you feed off yeah. the crowd. I mean, rocks yeah, in your pockets exactly. at the show in Sydney. I'm excited to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying actually my project for right now is to try and like write some not fully dark joke so I'm gonna try and make it um keep it light make it funny um but yeah I think witchcraft is always I think there's like something inherently funny about like just um you know privileged western world chicks getting into witchcraft um or like what they think is witchcraft and it's yeah. just like kind of making fun of that as well yeah I actually I spent a bit of time where I was going to become a tarot card reader me and one of my you friends were gonna become one. yeah we were gonna give it a go wow um, awesome I got to the stage of buying a pack uh, and realized that I had no interest or ability to do it and gave up really quickly. But I feel like that's in the world of, of witchcraft Definitely. as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's actually part of my um, perfect day scenario because so Muses of Mystery is like the store that I would end up mm. in um, at the end of this day. Um, and it's this store, it pretty much, um, this building in Melbourne was really special to me. Kind of like changed my life as like a young person, um, not to be dramatic, but, um, it's like, it's actually the, okay. So it's like an old building called the Nicholas building on Swanston street in Melbourne. It's recently been sold, which is really sad because it used to be this, um, whole like artist collective space, Mm. um, where you'd go and you'd see there's like still stores there at the moment, um, with like, you know, designers and like more like independent designers, I guess. Um, and there used to be a bookshop called Collected Works in there, which is where I used to first um, buy my poetry books and oh, go so to readings very, and stuff. Very sentimental for you. Yeah. And then I did my first acting classes there um, in this other part of the building. It's like this massive building. Um, and when you go around the rooms, it looks like they were used to be like old spies and like it was just like this like a building with so much history. Yeah. Um, I did my first acting classes there. Yeah. It's such a shame when they, they rip down those buildings because like they're, they're a part of you and they're a part of so many people and, and a part of the culture as well and then it's just like okay it's gone now and we'll put you know 50 apartments there 
Yeah. yeah <laughs> and it H&M. really sucks. Some bras and things, you know, the classics. Literally. <laughs> it's, yeah, I feel like it's interesting how I've had so many. So, and really unrelated things. So, like, um, there was a bookshop, there was my acting classes. I did my first, the course that I did before I um, started comedy. Like, it was just like a um, two day, one off kind of writing course um, that was in that building as well. Um, and then Muses of Mystery, this witch shop is inside that building. Yeah, so you, you're going to the witch shop. You're obviously looking around. Aubrey Plaza, can we can we chat a little bit about why why her? Um, I just feel like, okay, so I love White Lotus. Um, oh, obviously, yeah. everyone does. Um, my boyfriend's the one person on the planet who doesn't like White Lotus. Really? White Lotus. And you guys are still yeah. together. I was like, this is a massive red flag. <laughs> I don't know how to get past it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it really sucks. And it, it really rattled me, actually, because I'm like, I don't understand how anyone could not like yeah, it. Yeah, I completely agree with that sentiment. <laughs> Yeah, so it's been, I loved her in that. Um, but I think just generally, I used to really not like um, her character in Parks and Rec cause, and, and the fact that people would tell me I'm like her because um, I just thought she was like really awkward and it's, you know, when something's too close to the bone, yeah. you're like, I'm not awkward, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I don't have a monotone. <laughs> yeah, I have heaps of emotions. Um, yeah, I'm like, I'm not like that at all. But now that I'm kind of like accepting myself more, I'm like, Actually, she is she is cool in that, and um, it's it's fun to be awkward. And yeah, you're own you're owning it more so. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I actually, just watched her movie, um, Emily the Criminal. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is really good, and she's just like really badass in it. So I feel like she's a cool chick. I feel like everyone loves her as well. I've seen some like the hot ones with her, uh, which is yes, which is pretty that was a great. great one. I just feel like she's just such a. Even though she's like such a cold person, she's such a lovable character. Like I just, everything she does, I'm like, you're just so fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's nice to have, because I think even though like it's funny now, um, I think as a teenager, we did get told to smile a lot as girls. And it's just like, be smile, like be smiling. (laughs) Be smile. Be smiling, be nice, like, you know, always be like hyped up and um, just like a nice, happy girl, which is the opposite of what I am. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's cool that she's she can be like a figurehead yeah. for the girls that aren't that. She really owned it. And I feel like if you chose a person in the celebrity world that would be keen into witchcraft, I feel like mm. Audrey Plaza would be like the queen witch. Exactly. She'd be really, in- I know that she'd be into it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'd take her to this shop. And that was in Muses of Mysteries where I actually used to get, I used to get tarot readings done there since like, I probably went when I was like 19 when I first started. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I they had a really great um, tarot reader there. So um, and you can buy like, you know, spell books and crystals and um, just like candles and all this kind of stuff. So yeah. I think it would be a great place to end it. I feel like where you ta- when you take her in as well, she'll see it and she'll give it a little smile and you know that you've won her yeah. over. You know that that's it. You guys are best friends for life. Like it exactly. is, you know, forever and for always. Yeah, exactly. I feel like she'd be impressed, which is like, you know, the main thing. Yeah, that's that's all you want from Aubrey Plaza is just that little <laughs> smirk that says, yeah, you've done well. Yeah, exactly. Totally. It's like, yeah, you know, you've been in Sicily and stuff, but come to this yeah. witch shop in Melbourne. It's equally good. You know what though? I feel like for Aubrey Plaza, she's not impressed by like the Sicily. I think a witch shop in mm. Melbourne, she would be way more impressed by. Surely, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's all we can hope for. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh no. I've actually got a call coming in. It's from it's from Faster Pasta. It's your boss. Uh, uh, Hi, Irvi. Oh, hi. Yeah, what's going on? Um, I was just scrolling Instagram as I often do, and uh, I saw Aubrey Plaza was hanging out with you in a witch shop. Uh, that wasn't me. That's actually my sister. Oh, oh God. I'm being really racist right now. I'm so sorry. I um, you know what? 
I'm just going to shut down the business. I'm so sorry for mistaking that. I'm actually in hospital and that's really um, <laughs> inconsiderate of you. So, oh, that really yeah. escalated quickly. Um, I'm Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see myself out. <laughs> I'm, thank you for yeah, your service. <laughs> thank you, Not. Bye. Yeah, look, <laughs> I think that was a, a great way to get out of it. Let me recap your perfect day to you and, and you can tell me how it sounds. So you started the day in your worst job at Faster Pasta. Thankfully, you get out of it because you've got the flu and you've got just a lot of diarrhea. It's not happening. And <laughs> then you chuck on Perfect Day by Hoku to start the day off right. And then you have the meal of all meals. So you start with Advia, you get a huge Mediterranean feast. That's just the entree. Then you get the marinara, marinara from European. Then you go to Spring Street Grocer and get their pistachio and cardamom ice cream, which sounds yeah. absolutely incredible. Probably at some point, mum's giving you some food on the way as well because uh, yeah, it has to be. It's just the way it is. And then you finish the day with Audrey Plaza going to Muses of Mystery and getting to some witchcraft between the two of you, which I personally would love to watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it'll be, we can start a business or something. We can be part of the Muses of Mystery. Yeah, I, for, I think I'm you sure. own it by that point. How do you feel about your <laughs> perfect day off? I actually really want to do that. I wish <laughs> um, that could be, a, uh, maybe I should just like do a spell tonight um, and try and manifest this perfect day for myself. I feel like it out of everyone that I've had on the show, you're probably the most likely to make it happen because you've got witchcraft on your side. No one else has exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a Wiccan. Wiccan is going sorted. Well, Irvi, thank you so much. We're really excited to have you in Sydney. Um, and thanks so much for joining Chucking a Siki. No worries. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see you in Sydney. <coughs> I have to say, I absolutely loved Irvi's uh, choice of a million meals as her perfect meal. She cheated the system, but I, for one, uh, absolutely loved it because that's what I would probably do. I would uh, definitely cheat the system to get as much food as possible. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, make sure to grab your tickets to see Irvi. She will be at the Melbourne Comedy Festival from the 30th of March to the 2nd of April and the Sydney Comedy Festival from the 4th to the 7th of May. Make sure also to like and subscribe and join us next week for another perfect day off on Chuckin' a Sickie.